Life is a story we're meant to live through. Then both me and you are the pages. I'll tell you a tale, and most of it's true. You see, I came here for you through the ages. Getting to ask, um, you put up a camera, and then I get to ask whatever I want. The most, you know, sort of penetrating questions that you don't often get to even with some of your best friends. You ask of these strangers and you get to carry the weight of their story and I just adore that process. That was Jeff Johnson, filmmaker, father of twins, and part of the incredible band Cloud Cult. We talked about his unique creative process which all centers around the question, why? Enjoy. Hey friends, here we are, another This Good Word. Uh, I'm with Jeff Johnson. Jeff, how are you, my friend? I'm wonderful, Stephen. <laughs> You're at my house oh I, my on a gosh. snowy day. We are so in your house. Uh, we are up on the top of <laughs> this bungalow in South Minneapolis, right off of Minnehaha Parkway. I'm looking at, I really am looking at your guitars, and uh, this place is sweet up here. This is where all the magic happens. Uh, well, that's what I try and tell my wife, you know, so to, to justify having all this space to myself in our little house. It's awesome. Uh, Jeff is the director and founder of Motion 117 Productions, which helps their client keep asking why. What's the thing behind the thing behind the thing? And uh, last year, Jeff and a few of us gathered in my basement and we watched this film that you did called Seeker. And yeah, it was one of the, the seeker, yeah. The seeker. Yeah. Uh, one of the one of the most fascinating uh, films I've ever seen has one spoken word in it. One spoken word. There's a bunch of music in there. But, uh, uh, yeah. And so we want to talk about that for sure. For sure. Uh, so Jeff, I want to dive right in and, and really I want to talk about creativity. I want to talk about entrepreneurship. I want to talk about how you just had twins, <laughs> which is such a beautiful. So we're having a twin dad party up here with LaCroix we on are. a snowy day. We got some LaCroix. Yeah. Uh, so um, we'll talk about all that stuff. But the first question is really this. Uh, let's talk about the why question that I loved sure. on your website. It was kind of tooling around. And I actually loved you. You have this thing where you say, we help our clients ask the uncomfortable, mm. vulnerable question that sure. tries to get uh, beneath the thing, beneath the thing, beneath the thing. Uh, so how do you dive into that process with a potential client? Maybe they want to you know, sure. do a film. Maybe, maybe it's a video. Go. Yeah. I mean, I think that uh, one of the coolest things that I get to do, especially with uh, mission-driven uh, organizations, so anybody who's sort of... Uh, can say, well, this is what we do pretty clearly. Um, and that could be making a widget or it could be trying to change the world in their in their own way. Is that I think that um, I, I, I should just speak for myself. I get so wrapped up in the doing of the thing that I sometimes forget the, the why of why you do it. And one of the cool things that having worked in nonprofits in the past, coming in from the outside and saying, okay, but why does any of that matter is a really fun sometimes uncomfortable you know you sort of have to like pass through this terrifying part of like what if i'm totally doing everything wrong and then you come out the other side um hopefully validated in the mission that you're doing because yeah. you know and the thing that i get to do <clears throat> in making movies about uh, whether it's an organization or a, a person or something like that is um is is pull out that that you know my ignorance is, is sometimes a attribute to to the process yeah um and so i don't know i think that the why question is it's for me it's kind of i used to call it the pillow test where at the end of your day you lay your head down on the pillow like what is what is the thing that i've done today yeah and uh benjamin franklin famously supposedly had this journal that talked about he would start every day by saying what is the good i'm i, I will do today and you journal his day and he'd end the day saying what is what good have i done today and i think that there's something in there that's similar, yeah. you know? And if I can work with my clients to kind of do a process that is like that, um, it's a really fun process. Because even if somebody is making a widget or being a part of a large uh, consumer uh, entity or whatever it is, they want to improve this world kind yeah. of at the core of who they are. And so I 
I'll, I'll, I've, I've, have, I've had no exceptions to that rule so far in meeting one-on-one -on -one with people. And so it's a fun process to go through with them. Do you ever um, – that's interesting though because like I remember when I was meeting with this graphic designer to do the work for our church mm -hmm. um, and I was very passionate about, sure. you know, sort of genesis, about beginnings. It's about yep. seeds sprouting up from the ground and I was very articulate about that because mm -hmm. I, I sort of knew. And he was like, whoa, I mean I have to be honest, like most people – don't know. Like most people sure. just want a cool logo. Sure. Do you ever get that with, with film, video? Oh, or, absolutely. And, and you have to push and like, yeah. say like, okay, I get that. Well, and I think that, you know, I think you have to advocate for why, why the, the depth in the thing is worth it, you yeah. know, because it, it's more work. Um, and, uh, actually had a, a great, um, uh, surprisingly a great dialogue on social media with um, <laughs> with uh, with somebody surrounding uh, this and uh, a conversation around art versus entertainment, and um, uh, as I was thinking about our time today, um, I just discovered this guy, and I'm probably going to get his name wrong, but I think his uh, name is uh, Makato Fushimura, and he's an artist, okay. um, and he's uh, he ascribes to the Christian faith, and he was recently commissioned to do. Um, this these uh, sort of impressionistic uh, paintings based on the four holy gospels and they're really beautiful and blah 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 and you should definitely check them out but when I was researching this idea in response to um, this conversation uh, he he articulated it this way and I've heard it from Clive Staples and I've heard it from a few other places but but he said um, art is something that draws you um, closer to God and entertainment is something that distracts you uh, from God. And um, if somebody is not perhaps uh, willing or able to articulate it that way, what I would say is we also are drawn to each other or away from each other right? Um, in how we make a logo and how we make music or things like that. And there are like really wonderfully cathartic places for the entertainment thing. Yeah. Um, but I think that, um, again, sort of the Benjamin Franklin pillow test thing, that is where I'd rather hang my hat. Um, um, there's agony in that process and that kind of thing, but I think it's worth it in the end. Um, I, think you have, I think you have a sort of, um, uh, you, you've, run the, you've taken up the whole runway, you know? Um, there's nothing left over, and, and so regardless of where you sort of end your day, you kind of end up that place. So it's yeah. more fun to more fun in my eyes to do that so i agree and but i do agree it's more work and some yeah. people want to do the work and mm -hmm. some people want the cool logo and i think yeah. uh, some of the work is trying to decide who do i want to work with you know and not to be 100%. weird or um elitist at all sure, sure, just, sure. i i'd like to do good work and i yeah. know you would to uh, work with people and so that's why you've you've been with this band cloud cult yeah. for 10 years mm -hmm. more uh, it'll be, it's, ten, what, I mean, it's February now when we are getting to record this. And so it's in 10 years in March. Yeah. Yeah. And, and. Which so, you would have told me in 2007 <laughs> that this has a 10 year commitment, probably would have run the other way. But, uh. But isn't but that true about most good things? Oh yeah. Like oh we yeah. don't, we don't set out to say, yeah. hey, I'm going to do this forever. And yeah. if we do, it usually yeah, doesn't. Nine months. Like we usually squeeze yeah. it out, you know, like we squeeze sure. the life out of it. So I think there's a beauty in that. But Cloud Cult, uh, it. it uh, is a band that is so unique mm. uh, in the storytelling you do, mm -hmm. you all do. The the musicality is mm -hmm. so bizarre and mm -hmm. beautiful. And actually, I like the acoustic record the best of, of all. Awesome. I don't know why. I mean, it's yeah. just, I, and it's not like that's yeah. probably hardcore Cloud Cult fans would be like, well, that was a little of a departure, but, sure. but I like it the most. But anyway, we're going to get back yeah. to Cloud Cult. I want to ask why, let's get underneath the thing. Sure. Uh, why did you start Motion 117? Why did you get to the point where you had to do that? Yeah, so um, I was working at a really wonderful church in town for a period of time. Um, and at that point in my life, I was part-time there and also taking on some side work doing some filmmaking yeah. for for um, various clients, um, other churches, nonprofits, blah, blah, blah. And I think um, 
actually was interviewing for a job at a broadcast network in town that um and i got to got to the end of it it was me and one other person and i felt really good about it and i was sitting in spy house in northeast minneapolis and i had this deadline and it was like you know nine o'clock this was before the kiddos arrived so i was planning on pulling an all-nighter you know the whole thing and uh and i basically had enough time to do one thing it was either i was going to do this thing for my client or i was going to fulfill the obligations of this interview and I was just starting, I was sweating, man. I was just, and, and, um, and I, and, and at that point in my, you know, uh, career path and whatever you want to say, I was kind of balancing this. Like, do I want to do the, um, sort of a new career thing under the, under the umbrella of an organization or do I want to try and do it on my own? And this was, I mean, I think I was probably 30, 31 and, um, and oh yeah, I was I was like two months out of getting married too. <laughs> um, That's right. And yeah, um, and and I talked to my amazingly supportive wife Brittany about it, and and she's like, if not now, when you know? And I talked to my really fantastic friend Pete and my really great friend Chad, and everyone's like, if not now, when you know? And I felt that too, you know, too. Um, I thought about it, and I I asked. I had some chats with with God about it and and said like okay is this in in the you know the hope I think for me is that you again going back to that running the whole runway thing and and feeling like you you gave it your all you know and and there's jobs I've done where you it doesn't matter the amount of effort you've put in you don't feel that way and and so, yeah, just kind of decided to go for the jump. I called him up and I said, I'm not going to be able to get, it was an edit for the interview. And I said, I'm not going to be able to get this done in time. Um, and because of that, I think I need to withdraw my candidacy. And, uh, and I said, I, you know, it, at this point it had been like four interviews and there's good relationship there. And I said, I really love this organization, but I got to bounce. And so, and I think, <laughs> yeah, it was interesting because it was right, uh, as we were going to buy a house, like not far after that, you know, like it was, it was a pretty interesting time of life. But. I remember that time. I remember when yeah. you were going through that, and I remember being thrilled that you chose what you chose, and that's a scary deal. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, because I was going through a similar thing myself and leaving, mm-hmm. you know, an established role in a church to do yeah. something brand new and with no mm-hmm. guarantees that it would work out. Yeah. And are you the kind of a person who enjoys that risk or <laughs> like it really took a lot for you to take it? Because yeah. I think, and that's a spectrum probably, but sure. what, how, what end are you closer to? Yeah, it's an interesting question because I don't, I, I would wonder, and I don't know, and maybe you have met some folks, I don't know a single person who intrinsically at first enjoys that process. I think we learn to enjoy that process because we know how it helps us later. Yeah. And it's kind of like nobody enjoys conflict, but people enjoy the, the, the positive result of good of conflict done well. So they learn to appreciate conflict, you know? And, and I, um, uh, I, I feel that way about, you know, sort of the fear of moving forward. It's like, well, it's a sign for me. I pull it out of myself and I kind of look at it and I say, okay, this is not an enjoyable experience period, but is it, is it um is it worth it you know is it is it is it a sign of um good things and i and i i don't know i've there's a difference that i've experienced uh between a fear that is based on comfort and a fear that is based on like survival instinct you know i think there are um i think you sort of once you dig in there there's some flavors of it but for me i you know enjoy it no have i learned to enjoy it maybe a little little bit you know yeah (laughs) you know um and and I, uh, my wife is definitely more the play it safer, and we balance each other out pretty well, which is which is helpful because it's very helpful. I think that is really helpful. I also think it creates tension and stress, but even sure. that can be a really really good thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, imagine a marriage where both people are just high on the risk, like yep. let's do it. You know, yep. and you're moving to Colorado every three months. Sure, you know? <laughs> it's like at some point <clears throat> that becomes less than probably good. Totally, hundred percent. So. Um, yeah. All right, so so you're working with Motion One Seventeen. You're meeting yeah. people. Uh, tell me some stories of of people that you know and projects that you've worked mm. on. Maybe it's Cloud Cult or other sure. things that you found fascinating. Um, there's one that comes to mind right away. 
um, and then a then a series that we did. Uh, the first one would be I did a project for Urban Ventures in South Minneapolis, and they do wonderful work. And this was uh, about two years ago for their fall event, and uh, it was it was a sort of a five minute short form documentary about this man named Derek um, to to highlight the benefits of their Center for Fathering program, yeah. which is awesome. John Turnip Seed, yeah, so so awesome, uh, but. Derek was, uh, he was in a halfway house. He had a bracelet on um, so that his parole officer could track him. He'd been in and out of prison for a long time, but the first thing that landed him in prison was uh, for being a sexual offender. And for me personally, there are, there, there are these sort of uh, blind spots of grace for uh, certain types of folks, and I feel like sexual crimes tend to be in that blind spot. And so it felt really interesting to be tasked with telling the story well of now, this man. Can I, can I interrupt? Yeah. Like when yeah. you say blind spot, I think I know yeah. what you mean, but do you mean like sure. it's hard for people to forgive people that are yeah. sexual predators? hundred percent. That's it's that's what I mean. The blind spot. It's like yeah. we can forgive almost anything else, but not that. We yep. write people off. Yeah, okay. totally. And, um, you know, yeah, you write, you write them off. There's no possible uh, sort of uh, opportunity for grace or reconciliation yeah. or anything like that. And so it was an interesting thing for me to step into. Um, and, uh, we did a pre-interview and, um, and, uh, at, at that point, the director of, I mean, there's all kinds of these dynamics, Steve, there was, there is a racial dynamic to our relationship that was, I had to, you know, uh, White people tend to, uh, in my experience throughout history, take advantage of um, a person or a community for the sake of their own story. And so you have to, um, when you're entering into, as a white male, entering into a different culture, I feel the need to tread very lightly um, and also uh, try and accommodate whatever terms that are given to me. And with that, trying to balance this that value while also having a reaction to this guy's story. And, and this was, at that point, it was like 20 years ago that yeah. he did this thing and he served his time and, um, and did that. Um, but, but um, yeah, I don't know. I think it was an interesting thing because it pushed on me, uh, pushed all these parts of me. And by the end of it, I loved Derek. I got to hang out with him for two hours for a pre-interview where we basically just hung out and I took notes. And then we hung out another time where I did the interview at Urban Ventures, and then we hung out a third time where I went to his home and, like, watched him get ready for the day. And it's such a, like, I, I zoomed out from that moment, and I was like, who the heck am I, first of all, that I get to enter into this story? There's no there's no um, other circumstance in my life that I would be here. I mean, hopefully, in a lot of ways, you know what I mean, as far as, as, far as halfway house goes. But but getting to ask, um, you put up a camera, and then I get to ask whatever I want. The most, you know, sort of penetrating questions that you don't often get to, even with some of your best friends, you ask of these strangers, and you get to carry the weight of their story. And I just adore that process. Um, um, and so so that was that was a big one. And then Cloud Cult um, did this really phenomenal project that was all. Uh, a vision of Craig's. Craig's the leader of Cloud Cult, and he. Um, it was a response to him, sort of not seeing a lot of really positive things in the media and then news and things like that, and feeling like everything was sort of downtrodden, you know. But at the end of a Cloud Cult show, uh, there's always like a line to talk to Craig, and Craig always loves to go out and talk to folks. And half the time, if you sit on the corner of the stage, you'll hear him. People come up and say, "I was, you know, something like." I was suicidal six months ago, and the only thing that got me out of that was your lyrics, or um, my child was killed suddenly, or um, uh, these just horrendous things. And the thing that gave me solace was um, my community and this music, and you know these kind of things. And um, the former manager of Cloud Cult said this one time. He said, "You know, Weezer doesn't get those uh, those emails or those kind." And I'm not. Maybe Weezer does. Right. You know, but um, but I think it highlights uh, this really intrinsic value of of this thing. And and so out of that, um, Craig said, "Why should I always absorb? You know, why do I only get to hear this? Like this is because he would he would say from the bottom of his heart that it is Cloud Cult didn't do that." Um, uh, 
Craig certainly didn't do that, uh, but the person, that was already in that person. It was just, it was something awoken through that artistic process, right? Um, of listening to the music or whatever, however you want to sort of frame that. And so he, um, um, so he wanted to reflect those stories back. He wanted to be like, man, these great people overcoming things is wonderful because of those people. And we need to see more people like that. And so we did a four-part series of these things called Stories from the Road where people went through some really hard things and came out the other side insanely inspiring. And then I got to fly around the country and meet these people, and it was pretty life-changing, pretty wonderful. So, And can we see those somewhere? Yeah. So uh, they're all, everything's on the Cloud Call website. Okay. It's also, um, they're also featured on the Motion 117 website. Okay. Um, and, uh, you can follow the, the link, uh, black hole, but yeah, it's all, it's all online. Uh, it's called stories from the road is the series. Yeah. So I'll put the links yeah. on the show notes. Great. So Great. if you're listening to this now and you want to check it out, just go to the show notes, mm-hmm. episode 77. Mm-hmm. And, uh, all right. So let's, let's talk. Uh, I love that, especially, uh, the Derek piece. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it occurs to me as a filmmaker, you're hearing someone's story but then you're putting music to it and, mm-hmm. and you're choosing filters and like, so really you're sharing it through the filters that you choose. And so it's a very totally. vulnerable thing. I mean, it's a very, uh, like they have to trust you. You have to trust them. It's not just, well, let's, you know, slap some cool music on this and give it a, you know. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think, uh, the very first project I ever did, I was, I was drug into filmmaking, uh, unwillingly by uh, a fantastic senior pastor, John Crosby. Um, he wanted me to do this and I thank him for that, uh, that discipline. But he asked me to do a film about um, this wonderful young mom who had terminal brain cancer. Mm. And uh, it was one of my first, and I, the first cut he got back was like 32 minutes long. Cause I'm like, I, who am I to yeah. cut any of Anything. this out? Yeah. You know? And it wasn't until maybe a year later uh, that I sort of realized that that was the weight of, um, the weight of that role, uh, and, uh, it is, is deciding certain things. And, uh, and I think once I realized the, again, like what you said, the space you enter into and then the responsibility you hold to reflect what you're going to reflect, um, boy, I was, it was a little overwhelming at first and then it made me take it really, really seriously. Yeah. Um, that I have, um, almost beyond, uh, uh, allegiances to even a client you have you have this allegiance to to this story um that is weighty yeah and that is exhausting um and so some of these stories even uh though they came out um hopeful like for the stories for the road for instance uh you uh you you leave exhausted you know yeah. really exhausted and the thing that i you know i worked again working in a church for a while it felt like what i saw pastors go through in a funeral where you guys um put put the put this family on your shoulders in a in a way and you carry their story and you go home with that and i think that's what makes a a pastor a good pastor is going home with a with a measure of that still on them and i think that is true of of filmmaking too you know uh that you have to that you have to sort of carry this story uh with you and um and of course you can choose not to but uh, I, I don't. I, my analysis is that you wouldn't end up with as good of a end product that is, you know, everything I would want it to be. Well, I think um, Lynn Heibolds, she was on the podcast a while ago, mm. and she said, when you encounter things that wreck you, mm. you have two options. One is to let it wreck you, mm-hmm. and it's really hard, it's exhausting. But the other option is to numb out and get busy doing something else and it won't wreck you, but you'll be less human, yep. you know? And I think <clears throat> when you're in, when you're in the business of sharing people's stories, holding people's stories mm-hmm. and ultimately interpreting them, because I mean, that's yeah. some of what you're doing. I mean, it's not hundred percent, you know, um, you have to let it wreck you a little bit yeah. and that is exhausting. Yeah. C.S. Lewis, Famously, I think if there's a sort of uh, theological midpoint for me, it's probably I'd probably call myself a Lewisian. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Um, but uh, you know, he talks about how the the this place the the place famous uh, or, or the place furthest um, from any sort of pain 
the, the place where you are isolated from pain and anguish and a place where you won't get hurt. And all these things, these protectionist places is the exact place where you are unable to feel love and kindness and all those things. And so you kind of have to take them both, I think. Yeah. You can't turn one on and turn the other off. It's no. the same valve. Yep. It's the that, same valve. So I think Brene Brown says that too. It's the cool. same. You, you, when you choose to numb mm. pain, yep. you also are choosing to numb joy. Totally. Yeah. And that's a confrontation, I think, to our, um, you know, to our, to our culture. Yeah. Both religious and non-religious. Yeah, hundred percent. Yes. So yeah. let's let's talk about your years with Cloud Cult. Uh, dis- describe the kind of band you guys are, and why you've stayed together for so long. Sure. And then I do want you to get into the Seeker because it sure. really is such a fantastic and unique picture uh, film. Yeah, so the, um, I mean, Cloud Cult, uh, Cloud Cult does not exist without Craig Manoa. Craig is Cloud Cult um, in so many ways, and he is the centric songwriter and visionary, and, um, you know, he, he d- definitely is that, him and his wife Connie, for sure. Um, they've uh, been making music something like 16 years um, for quite a while. I've been blessed enough to be a part of that for about, 10 uh and started as uh a guy who said i'd run sound for you for free if you get me down to south by southwest because i was in the music scene and blah blah blah. is that in austin oh yeah i was in uh my mid-20s let's do this man you know and uh and we got done with that tour and it went really well and they said well do you want to as a musician do you want to open open on our six-week tour and run sound for us and we can pay you 50 bucks a day and I was like, yes, absolutely. After actually, I, I should confess, I was like terrified that they, you know, I'm going on the road. Is there going to be like people just snorting cocaine in the bathroom yeah. all the time? You know, I had no idea what this was like. And Cloud Called, you know, is like the most family band in the entire world. There's like, you know, well, we have to accommodate the, the nanny and we have to, you know, the kids are running around her in soundcheck. It's very not that, you know, very not the rock and roll thing. Um, in a fantastic way. <laughs> um, and so uh, we kind of started this journey of, of being a, kind of a hired hand to, over time, really, um, I, would, I would call Craig Minot one of my um, dearest friends, and we um, were able to find ways that we could stretch each other creatively. And I think at first that was me supporting him um, and doing a lot of audio engineering. Um, then we went on to uh sort of he allowed me in the production process of music and at that point i had a lot of audio engineering experience and blah 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 and so we went through all these iterations and it was kind of like one tour um i would do the stage design and one tour then i did all the back screen video and then the next tour um we mix and mastered the whole record together and then you know and uh so so um and then we made a film then we made uh the unplug Unplug um, album, which is yeah. the acoustic one, and it's a great film. Um, thanks. Uh, which was my first feature ever, uh, which was an un- uh, interesting undertaking, but it was it was a learning process, like most creative things are. Um, but that was really cool, and I think you know you mentioned at the beginning of this that the acoustic thing is your favorite. There's there's parts of me that um, that is definitely resonate with that because I I think Craig is an astounding songwriter. And anytime you sort of deproduce uh, something like that, that only shines more. And, um, and he also surrounds himself with not only like pretty epic musicians, but they all have immense depth. And so um, it's this beautiful cyclical thing that occurs because he, he is so inspirational just as a friend um, in his journey of trying to find... Um, how to be more loving, how to be more um, centered, how to be more present, all these things. But he creates that atmosphere around him. And so, and, and he also sort of like generates this community around him. And so these people that get drawn into that and the people that um, everyone, you know, chooses to bring into the fold are also that way. And so it's a really, it's a really remarkable uh, blessing on Brittany and Maya's life. We actually were... Uh, just started dating the first tour I went on, so it's we've never been without without that being a part of our story, which is is pretty fun. So, ah, uh, 
Yeah, <laughs> you can. I mean, I um, Craig Manoa is a, the kind of songwriter that you don't forget lyrics. Yeah. They're they're so penetrating. Um, and yeah. Yeah. So let's yeah. get into the seeker. Uh, Craig had this idea. Yeah. So he, um, <clears throat> for a long time, a long time ago, he wrote this album called Who Killed Puck? And that was, he had a whole, he basically wrote a, a movie that he wrote the score to. And that was the, the record was this score to a movie that was never made. So The Seeker uh, had a little bit more of a uh, sort of live action narrative quality to it um, when he came to it. And so he wrote out in May of 2015, I believe, yes, um, he, uh, we, we met in, I think, Winona and he said, here's this story I have. He had, he had it in about a page and a half. Um, and he's like, I think we can do this. I think we can like use the band as actors, and I think we can shoot it at our house, and we'll just make it happen. It's like awesome. Let's do this. And we had a budget, and on a, and it was a great budget, um, unless you're making a feature film, right? Um, and so, uh, and uh, through a, a whole bunch of process that evolved, I brought got to bring in some friends, and we made it into a screenplay. Uh, you know, like a twenty plate, twenty page screenplay. Which, by the way, is hard to describe a not no word screenplay. There's a lot of adjectives in there, Steve. Um, I can imagine. I mean, yeah. I, it's it's all direction and it's all mood and vibe. And yeah, feel yeah. And- so for those of you who, who like don't know, so the Seeker is in this impressionistic film. It's 63 minutes long, and and it's sort of mildly impressionistic, but it has a strong narrative quality to it too. And it it's a uh, it's a uh, it's it's uh, all set to classical music. Um, and telling a visual story without without saying anything, basically, um, verbally. <laughs> um, so anyway, we yeah we kind of went down the road um, with this, and uh, we started production in August of that year, and uh, wrapped it in January of 2016, and then we're I'm headed to a film festival in two weeks uh, as the towards the end of our film festival tour. So and it's won some major awards too. Yeah, it's been pretty cool. We've um, <clears throat> we I think we won a uh, uh, some categories at some festivals, like something like four or five. Um, and then uh, we got accepted to just a, a bunch of them, which has been a huge honor and blessing. And because it's a weird, like as Cloud Cult is, Cloud Cult is sort of this weird bird um, because it's not for, um, I would, I mean, maybe it is for every person, but not every person. It's not, it's not pepperoni pizza. As I don't think it is. I, I don't think it is for everybody. <clears throat> I mean, they have a cult following yeah. for sure. Yeah. But you know, it's yeah. not, they're not worldwide. No. no, they're not. They don't play stadiums. Yeah. The, but the investment of the people who come and take in cloud called is really strong. Yes. And, that, and so that's a really cool thing. And so when a festival who uh, is trying to program this, um, uh, takes a risk on it, it's because they believe in it. And that's a really cool experience with the festival directors too, because it's, again, it's not really a music video, but it is, it's not really a feature length a dramatic thing but it is it's not really a silent film but it is and so it's it fits it's not it's not like made to fit into one of these boxes to succeed in um the the formulaic method of how you make a movie succeed in hollywood or wherever but it but people still connect with it and that's i think a real, really fun experience for me yeah and i think it, it it's it captures themes of joy mm-hmm. family mm-hmm. loss mm-hmm. rage mm-hmm. redemption uh, it's really a it's really a captivating film. Uh, it was really fun to, to watch it with you. Thanks. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, is there? So I'll I'll include the link of where people can buy it or watch sure, it. Sure, or, sure, okay, sure, yeah. Uh, on the show notes. So, okay. Uh, what would you say to someone who wants to start their own thing? <laughs> um. Um. Probably the very first thing is then start. Uh, I, I think I think sometimes it's maybe a, a less sort of inspirational thing, uh, but I think I think for me the thing that I um, endorse about the way I went about starting Motion One Seventeen Productions is that um, I didn't I didn't quit my job 
and like sit back and dream about how to start a film company. I just kind of started making movies. And, um, and so far, um, as now a dad of twins, but also at that point, somebody who really valued my, my community, um, valued my time with my friends and family and things like that. I think we sometimes over romanticize the idea of like, I'm going to start something when, when, uh, the, the thing that I, the thing, the filter that I run it through now is that it needs to also, um, uh, it, give it a bit of real estate in your life. If it requires more and, and is able to sustain that, then great, you know? Um, and so I was at a point, you know, in this spy house coffee shop thing that I was out of space. And so something had to move and that was a fun moment. But before that, you know, that was, I, I needed to find clients. I needed to, uh, and, and there was a moment where I realized, okay, this is the jumping off point. If I would have just quit and started, I would have been paralyzed by options, but also fear, but also the whole thing, you know? And, and I think the idea that you just kind of start is very helpful to me. Um, and it doesn't always have to look, look the way, uh, look the way it's sort of romanticized to look, you know? I agree totally. I think when we quit the job and when we go start our thing, uh, if it requires clients of any kind and Mm -hmm. everything requires clients, readers, viewers, whatever, and if you have to make money yesterday, mm-hmm. you're gonna you're gonna glom onto clients that aren't really gonna help you tell your story in the way that you want to tell it, and you're gonna be desperate and it's gonna be stressful, and that's just not that doesn't cultivate creativity. You 100%, 100%. Know? You're 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 anxious and you bring that anxiety, I think, into your work. I mean, I think um, I agree. St- start something, give it some real estate. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might have to say no to a few other things, but mm-hmm. you still have your mode of income, you know, and, um, uh, and there might be a time where you can develop full time. And I, and I think the nice thing about that is it calls our bluff too, to be honest. Like it, it sort of, it sort of says, okay, you you say you want to do this thing, then show me, show me this week. Yeah. You know, show me, um, in how you, yeah. Show me on how you prioritize things right now. Yeah. Not just in some pie in the sky way like right now. And, and I am very guilty of that. And I would even say, um, even if every single one of my clients was listening, I would say that, um, you know, it is, there, there is, uh, a level of compromise in certain things. And there are, there are clients that, uh, that probably don't line up with my, is, uh, most, uh, inspirational vision of how I want to make films, but that, but it's also about a balanced diet for me. Yeah. Um, and there are there are there are gigs that I would do that are strictly commercial that maybe don't have some of these uh, um, uh, other overtones we've talked about that um, have so like well informed my other processes that they've really been a huge gift in a in a tertiary way. And I think that you know I I, I really just it doesn't um, it can look how how we need it to look within you know uh, there, there's more creativity. Than, than I think the ideas um, are uh, that are upheld to look. I think we can just start. I think we can understand uh, um, that it can be a hobby. That it that um, that it could also be a vocation. You know that I yeah. think it's not just uh, so binary. You know. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Anyway. I mean, one of the one of the great examples of that is actually in this film when mm-hmm. when they when they I don't want to give away anything. I don't think I will. <laughs> but the boat. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they, they, well, I don't want to say anymore. I don't want to say anymore. Uh, but I, but to me, that's, that's a part. Yeah. Um, I remember uh, several months ago, this young dude, uh, good guy, uh, emailed me and said, Hey, can we get together? I want to hear everything, you know, you know about writing. I want to, I want to be a writer. And I said, awesome. Um, write every day for six months. Yep. Um, start a blog, post three times a week. Mm-hmm. And then let's talk. Yeah, you know what I mean. And 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 I think there's a thing we we gotta. That that's what I hear you saying. Totally. Even if no one tells you that, that's what you gotta do to yourself. Like before you start the thing, uh, do that. Discipline yeah. yourself to 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 see if you have the kind of muscle. Yeah. To if that's really what you want to do, and are you gonna get better and better at that? And are you gonna find things? And are things gonna find you? Yeah. One of, one of my friends, uh, when I was going to going to college, his name is Dustin Tower. He said to me, 
Um, I think we were talking about building websites or something. I think I wanted to learn like PHP or some programming language. And he said, oh, cool. Here's a book. And, you know, this was, I don't know, 2001. So it wasn't quite the YouTube thing it is now. But here's a book. Uh, you could do this in a weekend. You could learn it. I never learned it, though. Yeah. But but I, I will never forget that moment because it was the first time that I got called out. Yeah. Called out on that stuff. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, I just can um, I mean, there's a few disciplines that you can't do that, like open heart surgery, you know, right. but that's not what we're talking about. We're not making, you know, uh, and I think that, um, and there's a place for schooling and there's places for that. Sure, 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 sure. But, but, the, but the thing is, is that there's this, this, uh, you have to, I, and I struggle with this, Steve, I really do like understanding where my will really lies and where I need to cultivate more will. Um, uh, towards something or put more effort into it, um, even when you're tired and things like that. And I think that that is more of a kind of harbinger of success than than uh, a lot of the circumstantial things that we put in there. And I think, yeah, that's that that is the key thing. I think that you know, writing every day for sixty days or whatever. Oh my goodness, you would um, you would improve. <laughs> you would and learn. you'd learn. Do yeah. I like this? Do yeah. I want to do this more? You'd start to pay attention to other writers. You'd mm-hmm. say, you know, it's like cultivating. Do I have a curiosity enough for this that's going to fuel what I what I need mm-hmm. to to make this be bigger or not? And then if you find out after thirty days, eh, I guess this isn't my thing. No big deal, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. thank God you didn't quit your job, and now you're stuck thirty days into a new career that yeah. you don't want. Seriously, did um, <laughs> who's the who's the a uh, guy who produces This American Life again. What's his name? Ira Glass. Oh, Ira Glass. Yeah. Ira Glass. Okay. So he, um, and there's been, um, it's propagated the internet pretty well, but there's this uh, thing that I think uh, that it's entitled Good Taste or something. But he talks about how there's uh, there's this difference between when you start something and you see your work and you're like, well, this is terrible. But your taste is really great, right? Because you've been uh, somebody who's ingested books yeah. and whatever it is let's say it's about uh the written word let's say you know books and things like that but you see the different the, the difference there and um and he uh his words were I, the thing i want to say to those people in that spot is don't give up there don't right. stop write as much as you can mm-hmm. and you will see those two things start to converge more you know and um and yeah that's been that's been a very uh helpful <laughs> instruction to me that's really helpful because i think yeah. that if you can't see the difference and you mm-hmm. think what you're putting out on day three is you know amazing then okay yep <laughs> now now we're in trouble yep exactly <laughs> okay uh last question yeah. you and Brittany just recently had twins they're yes. eight months old oh Everett my and gosh. josephine Everett and josephine they're so we just met them downstairs they're so cute uh, he has to say that, though, you know. Well, they are, though. I mean, they actually are. Um, but how has that changed you and your creative process, mm-hmm. uh, your marriage? I mean, you know, of course, we have twins, so I have my own answer to that question. Sure. But I think everyone has to wrestle that one down. And ladies and gentlemen, he had a toddler while having infant <laughs> twins, which I don't – my mind starts to melt and come out my ears when I think about that. But, um, I mean, it has been the – uh, I mean, it's, you know, sort of unexplainable in a lot of ways, but it's been phenomenal, phenomenal journey. Um, but, uh, your question, uh, was how has it informed my creative process? And then what was your other question? Well, and your marriage and yeah. just, um, talk about real estate. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, this will probably be the only, hopefully the only time I swear during our podcast, but I, but I, uh, as it relates to twins, right? That's probably, you have to, <laughs> you have to, um, it made me have a much, uh, lower threshold for how, how much bullshit I would put up with. Right. Um, and that means in relationships, it means in, um, clientele, it means in how I deal with my own finances uh, sometimes, you know, it, it's, it means a lot of things in like all these ways because everything, every little thing, all that, all that BS was put against time with my kids. It was put against um, the now, you know, so precious time with my kids and my family and things like that. And, um, 
And uh, wherever your political stance is, right now is a difficult time for this country, period. And I think when you are home with uh, these kids and there's like hope in them mm-hmm. and, and, and hope in the future uh, kind of period. And, and that's a really wonderful thing. And, I th- and then there's something that I just needed to protect that. And so I, when it came to my creative process, I just, I was, uh, I, I, decisions I used to agonize over, it sort of said, you got to make one, you know, yeah. you got to make this decision. Um, and uh, I don't know totally yet uh, how, how much positive or negative that will affect certain aspects of the thing, but I think so far it's been a really good thing. Um, it's also it also brings you confidence in your work because you have to. Um, you sort of I, I'm I'm reporting to to two people that I really really want to report to, um, and we report tomorrow. I obviously report to other folks in in that sort of way in my, of thinking. But but I think like having them as audience members mm-hmm. is really really been fun um, and. Uh, um, I think the singular, singular biggest thing coming out of being a new twin dad is I really had this desire to try my hardest to have more integrity mm. and, and, you know, um, and I'm going to fail and, you know, and there's stuff that's going to come up, but I just really wanted that more than I really had in the past. Even having really amazing men and women in my life that are inspiring and like, I really wanted to have more integrity in my work, in my, how I use my time, all these things, because I felt like I was in a really great way reporting to somebody else. Yeah. You know, it's a great way of putting that. Mm. Like who at the end of the day, who gets to have mm-hmm. the biggest say so. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm, I just got off of doing an eight day tour, um, left my wife with, uh, infant twins at home. Um, while I go on, when I went on tour and we were lucky enough to, um, have some support around the family while I was gone. But, um, that all, that also goes through this filter of, um, uh, cloud cult when they tour, they bring hope to the places they go. Yeah. There's something very, uh, holy about their concerts. And to do that now in this, in this part time in our history in, in, you know, February of 2017, is so wonderful to be a part of that, and and if my kids look back and they said uh, looked back and they said, why were you gone then? And I could say, well, this is why. Yeah. And I feel like they they could be like, oh, cool. Yeah. You know, um, and that's kind of the filter, I guess. Yeah. You know? I love that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a purpose. There's a reason. Yeah. And I think um, you know when you become a dad of twins mm-hmm. or any number of kids, one, three, yeah. um, or mom. You still have your thing that you Mm -hmm. do in the world Mm -hmm. that doesn't go away. And Mm -hmm. I think it's a bit of a binary thing to even say, well, Mm -hmm. kids come first. Well, they do, of course, but sometimes because of the work that you do, the work comes first. And Mm -hmm. like you can't tell your kid as I go away for eight days that you come first, but I have to go away. Yeah. So I think it does help situate it in context of I'm doing this to bring hope to the world. You're gonna. We're gonna help you figure out, Everett, yeah, uh, Josephine, what your unique thing is to the world, and then you're gonna go do that, and I'll be cheering you on, hundred percent. And it's and, and that's some of how we are good parents, uh, moms, dads. I think we love our kids, we care for our kids, and we we still do our thing, yeah, and we figure it out together. You know, we, um, Mary and I did so much talking about like. Okay, now it's time for you to get away for two hours. Mm-hmm. Now it's time for me to get away for two hours. And we just yeah. were constantly doing that. Um, so I, I think that I'm totally making up parenting as I go, yeah. as, as I hear most parents do. But I have a few really, really wonderful um, um, parents that I've like experienced their parenting style and things like that. And the, the common thread that I've seen is that... Um, uh, and there are people who are way more <laughs> qualified to speak on this issue than I am, but uh, uh, that healthy people make healthy parents. Yeah. And I, th- and I think that um, if I if I lost my whole um, identity in in only my kids, then I don't feel like I am the parent that I should be to them. I feel like I'm less of a version. And so I I, I do think everything you're saying. I, I think in as Brittany and I also try and think about our 
spiritual walk and, and think about how we execute our family and our friendships and all these things. Kids have this way of also calling you, calling you out, be like, well, do you really believe it? You know, yeah. and, uh, or are we just preaching it at, at them or whatever you want to say? And, uh, and I think that's the thing when I, when we look back at the family sacrifice that, um, either starting your own business or, uh, cloud cult or whatever it is, it could be, um, you know, uh, being a welder. It doesn't like you, you like the, there's a value there that I think, um, that is important to articulate to your favorite people, you know, that yeah. this is how, um, it, it, there's more to life than just in these four walls of our yeah. home. And, yeah. and in fact, I believe, um, from my spiritual background, that it is about getting out of those four walls yeah. for the sake of the world. And I yeah. think that that is how we do that. You know? But it's good. Yeah. Well, thanks, Jeff. Uh, loved your thoughts, loved your wisdom, loved, um, kind of wish we had another hour to talk about the creative process. Totally. Um, we'll just have to hang out again sometime. We will. We will. Keep making stuff and then we'll keep Keep chatting. making stuff, talk about it. Uh, so we're going to list the um, all kinds of links. Motion 117, oh. the Cloud Cult site. Yeah. And um, theseekerfilm.com. Theseekerfilm.com. Yeah. Uh, check this out. It's such a great film. Uh, and then then email me and let me know what the one word is, gang, after <laughs> you have uh, watched it. It's, it's an amazing, amazing <laughs> film. Uh, okay, so at the end of every podcast, uh, Jeff, I have this thing. It's kind of a benediction, really. Cool. I mean, it's for you, but it's for the listeners, too. It's for me, mostly. Uh, and I just say, we're dust and breath. We're limited and limitless. We're human and holy, and we're in it together. Sweet. So that's the sweeping, um, non-binary, non-dualistic way mm-hmm. of saying, I am I am dust, but I'm not just dust. Yeah. Um, I am human, but I'm not just human. Yeah. Um, I'm actually holy. Mm-hmm. So are you. And and yeah, I'm limited, man. But there's a way in which we're limitless too in, mm-hmm. in, in the potential that we have. So thank you, my friend. Um, and uh, keep making some great stuff in this great studio. Thanks, buddy. All Thanks right, for buddy. the time. Grace. Hey, everybody. I'm Steve Weens, and this is my podcast where I explore humanity, spirituality, and mystery one word at a time. For more about my work, my writing, my preaching, my books, and all that good stuff, head on over to steveweens.com.